I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. The Nurturing Place was a daycare center in Jersey City, New Jersey in the 1980s and 1990s, and it was run by Roman Catholic nuns and provided help for children of families living without a fixed address. So these were children who were living in transitional housing, homeless shelters, or maybe just with friends and family. The kids were very young. These children were newborns to age four who were um, helped by the center, and they were struggling in so many ways with language, with motor skills, with physical affection, and with rules. One morning, the nuns took the older children, the three and four-year-olds, to the beach in New Jersey. The kids had never seen sand, they'd never seen the ocean, or climbed a sand dune. So the nuns and the caregivers let them explore and wonder. The group retreated off the beach for lunch, and when they returned, the kids scrambled up the soon sand dune yet again. And arriving at the top, a little four-year-old boy named Freddie surveyed the ocean and cried out, it's still here. Words to break your heart and give you hope. It's still here. What a gift in life. What a blessing and what a joy to know that there is something bigger than you, beyond you, with permanence and with beauty. For Freddie and the other children that day, it was the ocean. For me and you, it's Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate Ascension Day, which occurred just this past Thursday, and we're using the readings appointed for Ascension Day, as you may have noticed. And in our reading from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' Ascension is actually part of his Easter Day post-resurrection appearances. So we're still in Easter, the day of Easter in the Gospel of Luke. By contrast, the reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the ascension of Jesus occurs 40 days after Easter. It's the same author writing from these two vantage points. And we'll never know exactly when it occurred, but the ascension can be understood as the end, the, the link between Jesus' ministry on earth and our ministry on earth as Jesus' church. Jesus ascends so the Holy Spirit can come in his name, the Holy Spirit throughout the Gospels is seen as an extension of Jesus, Jesus' presence on earth after Jesus ascends. And Jesus ascends in bodily form because, as the scriptures tell us, he will return in the same way at the end times. Indeed, the ascension cannot be separated from the incarnation itself. For in the ascension, we see that the incarnation of God in Jesus never ends. The resurrection, the ascension, the sending of the Holy Spirit, and the return of Jesus are all incarnational. They are about the promise of the presence of Jesus Christ. This is the hope of the ascension, that Jesus is still here and here and here and everywhere. He's still here. The ascension means that Jesus is no longer restricted just to one community or one time or era. Indeed, it reminds us that God is never restricted to one place, one time, one book, or even one tradition. God cannot be limited by us. God in Jesus Christ is present even in the darkest hours which we experience now after the mass killing of school children 
and teachers in Ovalde, Texas, and of black people in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. God is present in these moments, in all moments, and this is the hopeful promise of the ascension. To paraphrase young Freddie, he's still here. And this hope also gives us a distinct responsibility. On the day we studied Luke Acts in seminary, my professor drew cartoon image of Jesus' feet hanging, dangling from a cloud, from a fluffy cloud. So these little cartoon feet just hanging out up, up there. And that's the way, and then she drew the same feet coming down out of a cloud, because that's the scriptural version of how Jesus will return. So there is a lot of bad art, including from my teacher, about the ascension. You may have seen other versions. There's also some pretty good art. Albrecht Dürer, German artist of the late 1400s, carved a word cut of the ascension. And in it, the disciples continue to look up to heaven, where Jesus is gone, and at the same time, Jesus' footprints on the ground are clear. It's as if this piece of art is asking us the same question from the Acts of the Apostles. Why do you stand looking up to heaven? The answer may be to look down. To look down at Jesus' footprints in the dirt and remember where he walked and what he did when he was here. He went where others wouldn't go. He walked among those in poverty, those oppressed and cast out, sinners, children and women, and those in need of healing and care. The feet that made those footprints walked a long way and stopped in some pretty uncomfortable places. So Jesus' footprints, while they're stationary in the Durer woodcut, were not stationary in life, and neither should we be. Our responsibility out of this ascension is not to stand looking up to heaven, but to go where Jesus went and do as he did, seeking justice for the oppressed and broken down, providing food and shelter and clothing for those in need, finding ways of peace in an unpeaceful world, and deepening our relationships as Jesus did with fellow Christians, his followers, and with God. The disciples in Luke are told, you are witnesses of these things. And they are witnesses for a reason. Jesus' footprints are theirs to stand in and theirs to follow. This is true for us. Now, as many of you know, our former rector, Father Sammy, developed a vision for St. Bartholomew's that involves a bark, a historic ship that has three masts, three sails, a hull, each standing for some part of who we are as the church. Worshiping God, serving those in need, sharing the gospel, Christian formation, and community. What's most important for today is not those specific parts of this bark, this ship, but the fact that ships are in motion. The bark of St. Bees should be, is in motion, not stationary in life. So when we stop staring at the clouds like the disciples at the ascension asking what is next, we can do, go do as Jesus did, following his footprints in the world. And when we are in the world the way that he, Jesus, was in the world, seeking justice and mercy and peace in large and small ways, we can say again, he's still here.
So the impact of the ascension on the disciples is immediate. Right before he ascends, Jesus blesses the disciples and tells them to go to Jerusalem to wait. And after he ascends, the text says, they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. They worshiped him. Amazing. They started that day thinking Jesus was a ghost. And now they worship him like they've never have before, as Christ and the Messiah. Worship is the right and good response to blessing. So after Jesus blesses them, they worship. And out of the blessing also comes joy. Blessing and joy are also both incarnational. They are the experience of the risen and ascended Christ in our hearts and in our lives. He's still here because Christ blessed us and we know the joy that comes from his blessing. The Gospel of Luke has come full circle here. One of the earliest scenes in the Gospel of Luke is when the priest Zechariah is in the temple of Jerusalem. The angel of God has just told him that he and Elizabeth will have a son and Zechariah will have joy. When Zechariah questions this, given their ages, he goes mute and cannot bless the people. There are people there waiting to be blessed by Zechariah and he can't do it because he's gone mute. So they leave that day, they leave the temple that day without God's blessing and Zechariah leaves waiting for his joy to come. Without that blessing, there is no joy. By contrast, when Mary visits Elizabeth, when they're both pregnant with their sons, also, again, from the beginning of this Gospel of Luke, Elizabeth's child leaps for joy inside her, and Mary sings of God's blessing that will come to earth in the form of Jesus. With God's blessing, there comes joy. Joy is the byproduct of God's blessing upon the disciples and upon us. And the ultimate blessing upon us is the presence of Christ in our lives. As the one who showed us what God is like, as the one who ascended and comes in the Holy Spirit, and the one who moves our hearts to love and serve others. And we respond to this blessing of Christ's presence with worship and joy. Walking on a sandy beach is like life. The sand moves and shifts under your feet. The water flows in and recedes and maybe you jump out of the way or let your feet get wet. You swerve to avoid seaweed and driftwood, maybe a man of war. And even as all the while your sight might be obscured by the blinding sun or wind carrying fine grains of sand, Scrambling up a dune is also like life. You don't know the easiest path or where to put your feet. You almost lose your balance as the sand falls away quickly and is unstable. You might even have to use your hands to scramble up awkwardly to the top of the dune. And yet as Freddie and his friends remind us, the beach and the dune and the great expanse of the ocean are full of God's blessing and joy. They remind us of God's presence in our lives in the risen and ascended Christ, and our hope and responsibility to follow in Christ's presence. Indeed, he's still here. He's still here. Alleluia and amen.